Hey everybody, welcome back to the Frantic Thoughts Podcast, a podcast about video games, entertainment, and my life. Each week we sit down, we have some chat, we chill out and have just a nice, relaxing conversation about a ton of things I'm interested in, interested in, and yeah, just have a really good time, and hopefully these things that I love and have criticisms about will enrich your day. Make the time go by a little bit faster because that's what podcasts are for. And I love podcasts. <laughs> um, I actually have this app on my phone, the app that I use, uh, Pocket Cast. And it keeps track of how many days and how many hours I listen to podcasts. And uh, since May 2016, I have listened to 96 days of podcasts. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot. But I do use it to get through a lot of hard work days, and I use it to have backdrops to my daily life. So that is why I love this format, and that's why I choose to participate in this format. In many ways, including this and the occasional Cartridge Club, you know, helping out in the Cartridge Club, and maybe some other things in the future. We'll get to those if we get to those. Hmm. We'll see. But yes... So my week, uh, what 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 do I usually start the show with? Uh, I feel like I don't do this <laughs> on a very uh, consistent basis lately. So I'm going to do the topic of the week right now. So the topic of the week is actually going to be something I tweeted out on January 28th, and I wanted to make this a podcast topic during that week, but it didn't really work out, and so it's been almost two months. So here we are. <laughs> so what I did as I did this poll, which actually got a lot of reactions and a lot of comments. And I wanted to kind of have a conversation about this topic because I thought it was an interesting one. Um, what I asked was how old does a video game have to be to considered to be considered retro? And I put 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and 25 plus years. And it got 63 votes and the winner was 20 years old by not a wide margin, it was pretty close to the 15 years old. So um, my argument, or what I was saying in the comments here of this actual tweet is, my actual response to it was, games that came out in 2009, Red Dead Redemption, Minecraft, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Batman Arkham Asylum, and Borderlands, do the do these are retro games? Huh, that's really weird, weird, weirdly worded question there. Uh, basically, was I asking, okay, these games came out 10 years ago. As of this year, are they retro now? You know, and probably not. Um, the, the word retro is so subjective. I think that's the problem with it. That when you think back, you know, especially as, as you get older, as I'm getting older, I'm not old by any means, you know, I'm still a young guy in the scheme of things, right? But as I get older and I see new generations of consoles come along, new uh, technological advances in video games, I sit back and I'm thinking, what exactly is retro? What feels retro to me? And I've come down to about 15 years is kind of like the sweet spot. If you can't buy the console on a shelf, if you can't go to a Best Buy Walmart and buy a console on the shelf, it is either actually retro or getting to be retro because Xbox 360 and PS3 are kind of on the brink of becoming retro in my mind. Um, but they were around so long that I would even say that early PS3 games are starting to be considered retro, at least in my headspace, you know. So if I sit down and think, you know, like, what's an early PS3 game? Like, uh, what is the name of that game? 
Whoa, the name is escaping me. Hmm, Heavenly Sword, the original launch PS3 game, right? Or Gears of War 1. That's a really early uh, Xbox 360 game. These are good examples. These games are actually starting to feel retro for me. Um, let me look up when Heavy, what is it? Heavenly Sword came out. And uh, we'll talk about that. Heavenly Sword came out in 2007. So that's 12 years ago. This game is actually starting to feel pretty retro. Um, let me look at Gears of War 1. When did that come out? 1. Gears of War Ultimate Edition came out in 2015. That's not the one I'm looking at here. Gears of War came out in 2006. So these games are actually kind of starting to feel retro to me. And But like if I think back, The Last of Us doesn't feel retro. And that's the same generation. That generation just lasts so long. So it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, all the Xbox 360 and PS3 generation is retro. It's kind of uh, has that gray area and that fine line is there. So... This is actually a really interesting question. I mean, of course, I think anything before the early PS3 and early Xbox 360, say the first year or so of each console, anything before that is retro. PS2 is retro. Original Xbox is retro. PSP is retro. Um, going, of course, Super Nintendo and all those, Nintendo 64, all that's retro in my headspace. When I think about video games, that's retro to me. So I want to go ahead and go and jump into some of these comments that I got, responses I got, tweets I got from different people, and we'll have a conversation about all the different responses. And this is kind of just in the order Twitter has it listed here. I'm not sure if it's the order of the responses, but here we go. Um, we got at Eskillium on Twitter. I interact with him quite a bit. And he says, the 16-bit to CD-ROM and mostly 2D to mostly 3D transitions signified the retro to modern gaming transition to me. And I said, that's logical. And I can agree with that. Um, let's see. For him, basically, mostly 3D transitions, retro to modern. Okay, so he's saying pretty much from Super Nintendo to like N64 and PS1, anything after that isn't really considered retro because that's more modern gaming to him. I can see the, you know, thought process in that. And uh, let's go ahead and get, keep going with the comments here. We have Frankie. Uh, at Viper Strike, at Tired Viper Strike on this one. He says, if I can't buy the OG hardware on a store shelf, I consider it retro. And I said, I can't argue with that <laughs> uh, because I can't. That's that's the point I made a little bit ago that if you can't walk into a store and see it right there on the shelf, it's probably going to be considered retro to a lot of people. It's going to be considered old. It's not the new hot thing, the new hotness, right? So, and also we got Blockhead, which is at T-Rex 64. What's up? He says, 15 seems about right to me. 20 seems like just a bit too much to be to, for the line of 20 years or 15 years for retro. And I said, that's what I thought. And then that's what I was explaining earlier. That's exactly what I thought. Um, <laughs> it, it, like, it's such a gray area. It's like, you sit there and you think about it like, you know, retro. What does that really even mean? Vintage would be even older right well that'd be like atari to me like nes see these worlds are so subjective they're they're open for interpretation to such an extent that it's kind of be like you're gonna be sitting there like eh, you know this is kind of a, a semantics argument at this point right so uh we got jonathan chapman at urza's rage says i consider retro to be a couple of generations back so right now, PS2 is retro. I think that holds because it's definitely dated visually, but pretty soon, that won't be true. 
that won't hold true. And then I said, I'd agree. 15 feels like the sweet spot. Two or so generations, which is kind of how I originally stated my opinion on this topic. And um, Ursa's Rage here, he's a huge collector. And I, I take what he says pretty seriously because he has like a giant collection. And posts some really awesome collection pictures, which I love seeing. Even though I'm not huge into collecting physical media as much as I used to be. I do occasionally grab a couple things, but definitely not like anything on the line uh, anything along the lines of him or like a vg collectaholic or anything like that but yeah i do <laughs> yeah i mean i don't do that or even uh round two gaming he has a huge collection as well i don't sit there and collect these things like these people do i just don't have the funds and the space for it personally and um it's a whole different conversation it's like if i don't have as much personal attachment to stuff i don't technically collect it as much but i do I'm kind of a pack rat and a little bit of a hoarder when it comes to tech stuff, so I do end up with a lot of stuff anyway. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to talk about what at the retro collector said, and he says that's why comics have age have different aging groups. In, sorry, let me start over here. That's why comics have different aging grades: copper, bronze, silver, etc. When it it comes distinguishing a time period, ten years to fifteen years is a sweet spot to decide what's retro and what's not, but to each their own. And I responded to him saying, yeah, true, 15-ish years feels good for games. Gets two generations through. And <laughs> I know I'm going to be kind of repeating a lot of stuff here just because there's a lot of stuff to go over. But um, I, I just like the conversation for this tweet. I never had a tweet actually get this much attention, at least not in, in forever. And it was kind of cool to hear people's opinions. And I think he has a great um, thought process when it comes to this. Like comics have the different tiers depending on the generations and he thinks 10 years to 15 years is a sweet spot for retro or what's not retro and uh, i tend to agree with that we have enderdip Olosia is at civil war 101 on twitter he says 10 years a lot can happen in that time and i said yeah true but last gen ps3 360 titles are then considered retro with this logic i don't see anything wrong with that he says i mean retro doesn't translate to good and he has a great point. Um, I, I have no arguments there. There are some terrible Xbox and PS3 games. I do Xbox 360 and PS3 games, but I do tend to believe that every generation has its gems. And I actually think that PS3 and 360 are up there as having some of the best games ever, including, you know, just this sheer volume because of how long the generation lasted. The same thing with, like, the PS2. The PS2 has a ton of games that are just incredible to experience so we're gonna go to liam what's up liam at the donovan viper he says 20 years for me so in two years time the ps2 will become retro strange because if you're considering 10 years that's only last gen in effect and i said minecraft the retro game at least with that logic he's like yet still playable on pc xbox mobile ps4 you name it it's out there it's a tricky one and yes, indeed, it is a very tricky one there. And we have the Mighty Q-Dog at Mighty Q-Dog. He says, which I really uh, appreciate and respect his opinion on games because he's, I think he has a really logical and thoughtful way to, of thinking about video games. So I, I like to see his opinions. He says 15 years because that's the difference in age between an 11-year-old 
who lives and breeds a particular system, and a 26-year-old who is now financially independent and is finally able to rebuy the games of his or her youth, which I literally went through this like three or four years ago. I started buying PS2s and Wii's and GameCubes and just all the stuff that I grew up with. I'm like, dude, I gotta have the Double Dash, Mario Kart Double Dash, and I gotta, got, <laughs> I gotta get my Super Mario Sunshine, even though it's a game that a lot of people love i grew up with it so i have the f nostalgia and fondness for it uh, i gotta get an n64 so we can play some freaking smash brothers og smash brothers i love melee you know i this is all nintendo stuff but ps2 you know i had tony hawk underground i had to get tony hawk underground that's for some reason that's my favorite tony hawk game that was one of the i, I feel like i tend to like some of the lesser loved uh, entries in series because Tony Hawk Underground is my favorite one. Um, it, not saying Tony Hawk 2 and 4 aren't incredible, like fantastic entries in that series, but personally, you know, Underground is my favorite. But I'm getting off the topic again. But <laughs> yeah, so um, the the comment, my response to him was actually basically like this. I said, I love this idea and it makes a lot of sense. I would say a game from 2004 is retro at this point. Half-Life 2 is a retro game at this point, at least to me, and I would say that. <laughs> I played that in high school and loved it, and same with Portal. They're both really great games, so let's see. We got a couple more here. I know this is a lot, a lot more than I expected. <laughs> um, Eric H. at Tesseract Unfold, which I butchered that. I really apologize if you listen to this and you hear me butcher your Twitter name because I always say Unfolded without really thinking. I'm sure you don't care too much, but I apologize if I butcher it. Anyway, he says, I just can't think of retro as a hard date. I can't consider SSX tricky retro, but Shovel Knight or Drifter would qualify. To me, it's feel, graphics, and gameplay. And I said that's an interesting take because frankly it is um basically to him retro isn't really a time period it's just if the game feels feels that retro feel has that retro feel then it's retro like i would if we're going on this logic kingdom hearts 3 is a retro game because kingdom hearts 3 feels like an early ps3 late ps2 game like you know from a gameplay standpoint it does not feel like a modern game um you guys know that i really enjoyed kingdom hearts 3 from a storytelling perspective and you know it's like once in a lifetime game you wait forever for and i loved it from that aspect but the gameplay was kind of just you know more of the same they updated it a bit but it really did feel like an early ps3 game it didn't feel like a modern game so with his logic with his logic kingdom hearts 3 is a retro game that's that's an interesting way to think about it and we got game cooker us rocks vr at man daddio says retro is where something crossed a particular line versus present i think in 1998 and 1999 especially pc graphics took a pretty nice turn in the right direction graphically and in some other major areas i guess consoles also improving quite well then retro doesn't equal classic okay i'll just leave that as is i i, I agree with this statement there and then we got buried on mars kevin saying 18 plus is legal that's my role <laughs> uh so and then uh oh pk versus the world responded to that says not selling on retail store shelves anymore which i can agree with that so yeah what do you guys think when when do you consider a game or console or uh anything like that retro let me know in the forums at the cartridge club and we can have a conversation about it you can 
talk to me on Twitter about it. But I thought that would be an interesting topic of discussion this week. And um, I think that's about it for that. <laughs> Go ahead and jump into the next section. Next up is what's happening. What have I been up to this week? It has been kind of, I would say it's a little bit eventful. Not a ton of stuff is going on, but we're going to go ahead and have a conversation about it. Okay, let's talk about work. I have, I work in a job. Okay, so I, if you guys listen to the podcast, I got, I got let go. I got fired, terminated in December from a, a place, a grocery store. But this, this job I have is I work for a vendor for that same grocery store, but at a different store. And I think the attitudes at this particular chain of grocery store, which I have said in the past, but I'm not going to mention it here just because I think that the managers there have giant egos, like every single one I've met think they're hot shit no matter what. Every store I went to for this grocery store chain, every manager I have met has this giant ego about them and it's really frustrating. And this does not, I mean, this, this extends to this store. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so we have this manager and um, we have the wine rep. He told me, uh, I asked him straight up, I was like, hey, you know, do you mind if we listen to you know, our headphones, because I listen, listen to podcasts, you know, I just told you guys, I listen to a ton of podcasts, he's like, yeah, that's cool, just don't have both of them in, and don't let it affect your work, and I'm like, all right, cool, you know, so I'm listening to my headphones at work, at that store, and the manager there, she's a super huge stickler, she's always yelling at people, always getting in people's faces, like, not literally getting in their faces, but she's so confrontational, like, I see her yelling, or raising her voice in an aggressive manner to her underlings, like, all the time. And so, she saw somebody with a headphone, and just out of nowhere, because she was in a bad mood, told her told him to take the headphone out. He's like, okay, fine. So, the next day, I come in, and this was one of those days I have to go in at, like, 4.30 in the morning to break down my load and stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, I do beer. You know, I'm a vendor for beer. And I see a sign, but it's all the way down at the other end, Right? And it says, if somebody is here with headphones, we're going to ask you to leave and we're going to call your boss. And I'm just like, well, okay, I won't wear my headphones today then and we'll see how it goes. She came up to me. Uh, I've been, had been working two hours. That same lady come up to me. I don't even know her name. I think it's like Alyssa or something. I don't even know really, but, uh, I'm really bad with names, especially when it's somebody like this. I don't really even care what her name is, you know, cause she's being an ass, but she came up to me and I'm just like, okay. What is she going to say? She's like, okay, uh, I noticed that sometimes you wear headphones, and if you do, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And I'm like, well, I don't have my headphones in, and there's no problems here, right? She's like, no, no, no problems right now. Uh, you do a really great job. I've seen your your work. You do good. And I'm like, okay. You know, she has like that fakey smile. So throughout the day, I had to be at the store for about seven hours, probably six, seven hours. It's, it's one of my longer days. I think it was a Thursday. Thursdays are my really long days. I end up working like a 12-hour usually, maybe more. And this one ended up being like a 14-hour this specific day. But it, that's neither here nor there. So I'm sitting there, or I'm not sitting there. I'm working, you know, hard sweating. I sweat like a pig working there because they have the heater turned on. Because it's 50 degrees outside and Texans can't stand a little bit of cool. It's not even cold. It's just cool. So they turn the heater on full blast and make the store like 80 degrees. I'm sitting there sweltering, like working, whatever. And I just keep seeing this lady, dude, like pop up everywhere. All right. I'm working. I'm stalking. And I turn around. She's kind of like, 
a little bit away, like two aisles down, and I could see her working, but she's looking right at me. And then when I look at her, she does that thing where she notices I'm looking in her direction and she quickly looks the other way. Like, oh my God, he saw me. He saw me. Like she was trying to catch me with my headphones in. I swear to God, like this happened at least five times. Like it was like a cartoon. It, it felt like a cartoon, like a scene out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Like every time I was going down a different section, she was there doing something else. There was one time she, where she was literally tying her shoes, looking up at me. And uh, I was just like, dude, is, does she have the hots for me? Is she, is she attracted to me? No, I'm just kidding. I, I wasn't thinking that. But, you know, it, it was weird. Like she, she was just there all the time. Like she wanted to like get me, like find me and tell me to go home and like yell at me and stuff. I don't know. This, this could be just complete conspiracy theory, whatever, <laughs> but it really felt like every single time I went down a different section of this, this area where I worked that she was there and like, she was, I've never seen her over there and she was always just finding some random thing to like pull up on a shelf or like talk to a random person. And I could see her looking over at me at the corner of my eye. I'm like, what is going on with this? But yeah, that was just weird. I, I don't know. I just, I just had to bring that up. Cause I was just like, what the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> so yeah, I had a stalker, I guess at work, but whatever. Um, also Sierra's birthday was last week. Uh, her birthday's on the ninth and she we didn't have a lot i didn't really have a lot planned because i got her that camera i talked about it before it's a canon 80d and it costs a lot of money <laughs> so um it actually was a really cool package that she ended up getting so that was kind of her birthday gift her main birthday gift uh for me even though it was kind of not really planned like we had some shipping issues like she should have had it like a month ago but um she opened it up on her birthday and she got this big package is like, oh, I'll just tell you how much it was. It was $12.99, $1,299. This is probably one of the biggest purchases I've ever made. Um, And, you know, it was a lot, but she is using it for her photography stuff. That's her dream. She wants to be a photographer, and I wanted to get her something really, really nice and make sure she had that. And she's helped me in the past with different situations and helped us, you know, get through some stuff. So, Got her the camera. She's opening it up. Comes with like a backpack, like a camera backpack, and then like a little camera bag, like six lenses, and like three memory cards, and like all sorts of extra stuff, like an extra battery, a tripod. And it is, it's really worth the price because usually the base model just with the camera itself is that much money. So yeah, she's super, super stoked to have that. I'm happy for her. She can start doing her camera stuff, and I'm happy I got her that. Uh, so for her birthday here itself, I had to work that Saturday. It was on a Saturday, and uh, usually I do a split shift. So I work in the mornings for a few hours, and then I go back and finish up uh, a few hours after. So in my break, I decided to get her donuts. I walk her up with donuts and orange juice, you know, a little breakfast in bed type situation because she had to work that evening. And then whenever she got off, I gave her a birthday cake which she likes these Boston cream cakes from Walmart there. I know it sounds kind of cheap, but she really likes these cakes. So I got her, it's one of her favorite desserts. So I got her that. And then I got her a Baja Blast because me and her both love Baja Blast is Mountain Dew flavor. Um, for years, we both were like, please make it into bottled form, please. And then they brought it back like every summer now. So that it's actually back again. And I was like, oh, cool, Baja's back, you know, and I just kind of saw it in line. I was like, hell yeah, and I grabbed her one. 
And then I got her uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Like a nice, they have like this nice illustrated big book. And she loved that book as a kid. So I was like, okay, she can open this. She has her camera still open. She has a cake. I freaking treated her like royalty. And she deserves it. She's awesome. I love her to death. And I felt pretty happy with her birthday. And I felt like I did really good, you know. I felt pretty satisfied with it, and she seemed so happy. So I was like, yes, I did good. I did really good. <laughs> so, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I played let's, – let's talk a little bit about video games here. I played some more Anthem. Uh, I am to the point where I don't think Anthem is really for me. And it's nothing really too bad about the game. The game is fine. I just feel like the, grind, the gameplay is pretty repetitive. And – there are moments I have with this game where I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. It's fun to play in spurts. There's spots where I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. I love this. And then there's spots like, oh, like you have to go back every single time to do your, like, I played a Division Beta as well. So this is kind of like a little comparison. Division Beta, you get a piece of gear. You can, in the middle of battle, you can swap it on the fly. You want to try that new gun you just picked up, you can swap it on the fly. The same thing with uh, Destiny and as well. With Anthem, you get a new piece of gear. You get like a marksman rifle or whatever. Oh yeah, you got this marksman rifle. It does, you know, 100. I mean, this is just pulling it on mass. I don't have specific stats in front of me. But like say you get a marksman rifle. Okay, it does 150 damage. Cool. All right, so we go out. And I got some gear, some common gear. We has it get the same exact status power effects, but they're a little stronger. Okay. This marksman rifle is a little more powerful. I'll equip that one. Go back out. You fight literally the same exact enemies. It could be either the scars or the... I can't think of... There's like these military guys. And you kind of do the same thing. You kind of shoot them. And you kill a bunch of dudes. Which is fine. It feels fun. It's it's engaging to an, engaging to an extent. It's more of a game to play with people. And I haven't really done that. So this is more of a solo experience. It's not really built for solo people and solo play so that is on me i can say that much i i need to play with people i just i really feel like i bug people like because my schedule is so scattershot with my job and stuff and with hanging out with her and doing my own thing that i don't even know when i can really play with people but um maybe i'll jump in with some people soon but the solo just feels very repetitive and i have lots of little complaints and i'm and the game is beautiful it's one of the most graphically like beautiful games i've seen in a long time i love how it looks i love the facial capture and animation some of the characters are kind of blah to me there's some others that are really good um just like any other performances in any other game or movie you'll you'll have some criticisms like eh, that guy kind of sucks i don't really want to talk to him he kind of has a boring attitude he's not very fun to listen to or whatever but hey this chick over here is pretty good you know um but Anthem is just kind of like in the middle of the road for me right now. I don't love it, and I don't hate it. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's there. You know, it's all right. Um, I kind of wish I didn't pay full price for it. If I if, if I would have paid like 40 bucks for this game, I would have been perfectly okay with it. Paying the full 60 I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm a little bummed out. This game is kind of just okay to me. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my opinions. Uh, I'm not hating anybody that likes it. I'm, I, that's, I'm better off for it, right, guys? You, I'm good job you know you found a game you really liked it just really isn't for me too much i don't think from my standpoint right now i mean i do like it but like i said i don't love it so it is what it is a game i do love though that i highly recommend if you love indie games and arcadey action games is 
ape out, which I described the game a little bit on another podcast, but basically you're an ape, it's a top-down perspective, and you're escaping different areas, and brutally murdering all the guards along the way. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's flat shaded, it's flat color on each of the, of the characters, so it's gory, but it's not like gory, like disgusting, it's like you pick up like a stick figure looking dude, guard dude, it's not really stick figure, but you know, an outline silhouetted character, throw him against the wall and he kind of explodes into like red, like a mist of red. It's kind of ridiculous looking. Uh, I, I suggest like looking up some gameplay for this game because I love the art style. It has kind of like a, it looks like they almost hand painted it with like a dry painted brush, a dry brush. And I just love the look of it. And the music's cool. It kind of plays along. Like it's like drums that play along as you kill people. And I think I talked about that too, but I beat it and it's my favorite game this year so far. Like um, all in all, just because from sheer fun, you know, standpoint from pure like joy I had playing it, um, fulfilling, like it's like a great three hours. It depends on how good you are. If you're not very good, it's going to take you longer, but it took me about three hours to play all the way through. And, uh, I was silent there for a second because my audacity like skipped. So I was like, oh shit, did I just lose everything? <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you like, you know, like an arcade action game, if you liked Hotline Miami, but you, if you haven't played that, it's still a really good game. Hotline Miami is really great as well. But if you've played Hotline, Hotline Miami and you kind of want some game that kind of feels like that, but it's not, it, it, it's randomly generated stages. So it can't be like Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami is similar idea. You try to kill all the guys in a building, but the building's always the same, and the guy, the guard placement is always the same. And this one, it's more randomly generated, so it's almost like a trial and error a lot of times, which can be frustrating because you can't get kind of used to what the level's going to look like. You can kind of see how the layouts are going to be, you know, but they always rearrange them each time you die and respawn. So it is a little trial and error, but it's a lot of fun to get good at it and learn how each of the enemies react and learn different like nuances there. It's a very simple game, but it's so fun. You know, you just have two attacks. You have a grab and you have a smash button and that's it. And uh, you go to town and I loved it, man. It's it's a cool, cool time. Art style is awesome. Music's cool, like unique and interesting. And yeah, I highly, I highly suggest Ape Out. I liked it a lot. Also played a lot more VR. I didn't buy any more VR games, but... Um, Played a ton more of, uh, what is it called, Rec Room. I was messing around in there, did some paintball. Uh, they had some, uh, what's that game called? Paddle ball, paddle, whatever you call it. I can't even think of it right now. But yeah, that game. <laughs> uh, it's kind of cool because you can jump to between different rooms. It's kind of like a, people can make their own experience in there. It's free. And I was messing around in a couple hours in there one night. Um, I played... A lot more Beat Saber. Just I got completely addicted to Beat Saber, trying to get better. I'm at to the po- to the point where I can pretty much beat anything on hard. Um, I haven't full comboed anything because I am very terrible at full comboing any rhythm game thing ever. I have rarely full combo stuff. I always miss at least one note, and I don't know why. It's some kind of weird tick with me, and it really frustrates me because I'm like, I know I'm playing this. The thing is, is I'll, I'll play a game like it's like Guitar Hero because there's this song. My name is Jonas by Weezer, right? It's easy song. I love playing it. I 
this master data on expert. And every single time I thought I was going to get a full combo in this thing, which if you don't know what a full combo is, I'm just throwing that word out. It's basically you don't miss any notes at all uh, on the rhythm highway that comes at you. And I am playing and playing and playing. Like that, whatever the song is. My name is You know. <laughs> Making no. Oh, anyway, I'm terrible. But yeah, I was playing My Name is Jonas, and I would always think, like, halfway through the song, I got this. This is going to be the time. I don't miss a note, and I don't miss a. And I would miss a note every freaking time. I do the same thing on Beat Saver, and it frustrates me. I'm like, I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. Ah, oh, that was the red block. Damn it, I hit it with the blue stick. Fuck. <laughs> I get so in my own head, and I always do that. I can't just zone out. I, I think too much. And so I have barely ever full comboed something. Uh, but I, I love Ash. Uh, I almost said Astrobot. Not that game, I keep saying instead of Beat Saber, and I don't know why, but that one's on my mind a lot. I think I'm going to purchase that one soon. But <laughs> I played so much Beat Saber, guys. It, it was a blast, and I just love it. It's such a cool game. And they actually came out with a mu music pass soon, and I'll probably be picking that up as well. And uh, I played the Super Hot Demo three more times. And that's another game I need to play and buy. So I was looking at like reviews for Division, Division 2 and listening to some podcasts about it. And I'm like, this game looks really cool. But I think instead of spending the 60 on that, I'm gonna go and just buy some VR because I'm getting really into it in kind of a really fun way and I'm excited to try more of that stuff. And Division 2 is just kind of a bullet spongy grinding shooter and I don't think I'm in the mood for that right now. So, yeah. And also Sekiro comes out next week and I'm so interested in Sekiro. Every single time, I'm probably saying that right, wrong, right? Is it Sekiro? Sekiro? I'm terrible. I'm terrible when it comes to that as well. But I am so interested in this game. It has such a cool look to it. And the gameplay looks fun as hell and hard and brutal. And I do not like Dark Souls. I like Bloodborne, but I fell off. I did enjoy Bloodborne to an extent. And it pissed me off, but I liked it. And Dark Souls, I just think it's too slow, and I don't really like it that much because of how slow and sluggish it feels to me. But Bloodborne had a hook, but other things came along, and I didn't play much of it. So I'm like, maybe this will be the game I pick up from Software 4, another front software game. <sighs> it's neither here nor there. I, I was talking about VR, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying the hell out of VR. We actually had Sierra's mom over one weekend a little while ago here, and she tried VR. We put her in uh, that, what is that called? The PlayStation Worlds, and she did the shark, not the shark one, but the underwater cage one where like jellyfish swim around you. She really liked that, and she played some Beat Saber. She thought it was a lot of fun, too. She was actually pretty good at it. She played easy, and she actually beat the song, didn't mess up too much. It's a pretty intuitive game to learn, and I was like, hey, hey, she's actually doing pretty damn good. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool to show somebody else VR, and she liked it a lot, and I wish that my family was nearby. I really want to take it to them and show everybody. I want to show my grandparents. I want to show my mom and my brother and like everybody can play VR. I really want to take it. And if everybody was nearby here, I would have already shown everybody because I love it. Um, that, that, that was so cool. I, I love that purchase so much and I'm glad I did it. <laughs> Speaking of purchases, that was a good segue, but I mumbled it and I stuttered it. 
speaking of purchases, <laughs> we got new phones. So I had this thing where we were trying to get new phones for a long time, but me and her have terrible credit. Like I have student loan debt. She has student loan debt. And I made some like terrible decisions as a younger guy, like when I was in high school and stuff. Really, Raven? Hi, buddy. Puffy's pup like jumping up here, shaking her head. Um, but yeah. So our credit's really bad. So it was hard for us to find new phones. We had Sprint for almost four years and they were terrible. <laughs> they would raise the bill out of nowhere and like it would, wouldn't be in the main thing. It would be in the charges. Like the charges slowly went up, right? We had like $5 extra and little fees and all these hidden fees, right? And like last year, it was $30 less than this year. We were paying about $170 for two phones, which isn't too bad, but we, we had 12 gigs of data, unlimited and unlimited. The server was, was is bad too in the area, like especially near where I work right now, it never worked over there. It's a terrible service. And and every time I wanted to upgrade my phones, it would have been a lot more money. And then when I looked at my bill this year, and it really, really recently happened, our hidden fee, the fees section on the bill, went up $30. And it was $200. And then they were trying to add even more for an upgrade. And I was just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I... So we went to Sprint, and we, see, we were trying to see if we can get, you know, the new S10's Galaxy phones. And that would have cost us like 900 bucks or something to get started because they ran our credit again. For some reason, even though we were loyal with the company, they decided to run our credit again. It's like, hey, we haven't really missed any payments for years and years. But hey, go ahead and run our credit again. Whatever, right? That's stupid. So I was like, okay, screw this. What's a good company? And I was messaging my mom. She's like, go to T-Mobile. I was like, hey, maybe. And then we, I kind of put it off. And then we went to T-Mobile finally. And there was a phone there. It's called the LG Stylo 4. And it's an older phone. It's a budget phone. But then I'm thinking to myself, do I play games on my phone? Not really. I played Florence and I'll play like a couple of little non-intensive games here and there like that. So I'm like, okay. I don't really play phone uh, phone games. I watch YouTube on there. I watch Giant Bomb videos. I watch, listen to Cartridge Club stuff or watch Cartridge Club stuff on YouTube. And I do, like, Twitter, Discord, you know, basic stuff. Facebook for my mom and family. And, like, I don't do anything too crazy with my phone. And I'm like, this phone seems fine. And then we get the phone, and it's $120 a month, unlimited everything. And we both got these phones. The phone's huge. The screen's, like, six inches. It's, like, giant compared to my old phone, which was an S7. And I didn't even really notice it now that we have these phones, like, I had, they, they, they feel like the same as that phone. Like, I don't really, I don't know. I didn't really need this crazy expensive phone. It takes pictures. If I want to take a picture of some, you know, pickup I got or my dog or cat or whatever, or take a selfie or whatever, it does everything I need it to do. And I'm sitting here like, why did I want this crazy expensive phone? I could have this phone. It's already paid off. We paid the phone off. They're 250 each. We just paid the phones off and it's $120. We own the phone. So like, what the hell? It's cheap. Like, for phones, like, phones are expensive now. Like, they're a thousand plus bucks, you know? So, I was like, you know what? This is saving me some god darn money. So, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, we got new phones. Uh, I think that's it for what's happening. I'm really rambling in this section. So, let's go ahead and jump into this.
Media Corner. <laughs> yeah, so I tried this out last episode. I liked how it went. So basically, I break out my media consumption stuff, movies, TV shows, trailers, anything like that, into another section so if people don't care about that as much and they just want the video game to talk, they can skip over that. There's timestamps and everything in the description. But I wanted to talk about Captain Marvel. It came out, and it was awesome. I loved it. We're going to just do no spoilers, just a really quick bullet points on what I thought about Captain Marvel. One, not the best Marvel movie ever. But two, it was a really fascinating and entertaining movie. It was an origin story that they told in a really different way. They tried to go a different direction with this film. And I really appreciate that. Appreciate, <laughs> excuse me. I really appreciate that when they actually sit there take the time, and they're like, hey, we're going to actually organize this a little bit differently. The game, the, the movie, I almost said game, the movie is kind of in two acts instead of three. There is an act that starts, and then there's kind of a midway point where something happens, kind of flips it, and then it, it builds up to a climax and then resolves on the second half. It's not really a three-act structure movie, which is kind of weird. It's really weirdly structured. But I appreciated Brie Larson's performance. She is a little stiff at the beginning, but there are story reasons why. And then I feel like by the end of the movie, she actually figures out the character. And her interactions with Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury are sometimes, like, not perfect. But I think that it worked, ultimately, in the end. And Samuel L. Jackson's CG, like, they younged him up. If you look at the trailers for this, he looks young. Like, he looks like he's maybe, like, 40, you know? And he's a seven-year-old man now, you know? And he looks young. And they did a really good job with it. The CG wasn't disconcerting. Like, you see some CG, and you get that uncanny valley feeling, you know? It just doesn't feel right. You see it. Like, a good example is that Polar Express movie with Tom Hanks, and it just, everybody looks like demons. It just, nobody has any weight to them. Their faces look just so fake, and just, ugh, it just gives you this weird, uneasy feeling. If you see Samuel L. Jackson in this movie, you're like, dude, that 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 could be Samuel L. Jackson, like Jurassic Park, Samuel Samuel L. Jackson standing right there, you know? And they did such a good job. And I just really liked the movie. I just had a good time with it. And that's what I expect from Marvel movies. Some Marvel movies will floor me, though, you know? Like, when I went to see Infinity War, that movie floored me. It's an amazing movie. I uh, had some of the best storytelling I've seen in a, in a movie. But this movie was just... Captain Marvel was just kind of fun, you know, I'm just sitting there just having a blast, learning about this new character, seeing where she comes from, seeing what she's all about, seeing what, she, uh, seeing what her personality is going to be like, and then trying to think, like, what her personality would be like if she interacted with the rest of them in, in an ensemble movie, so that's awesome, and I really liked Captain Marvel, and of course, if you're a Marvel fan, you've probably already seen it, but if you're, if you're on the fence on seeing it, and you don't think you're going to like it, I say at least give it a chance go in with expect expectations it's kind of like you know middle tier marvel movie which is a good thing because there's 20 movies and all of them are pretty damn good like honestly i can't think of any marvel movies that are like terrible <laughs> uh, except for thor thor 2 that's probably the worst one right uh the incredible hulk is a little bit lower too it's kind of like whatever but uh, <laughs> uh yeah i liked it uh, Captain Marvel is definitely a recommended movie if you like Marvel stuff and you like just a fun time like I thought she did a good job she's a badass I'll tell you that much and just the thought that she might fight Thanos in the future it's gonna be an awesome battle so 
yes, Captain Marvel was really cool. Good times. <laughs> it's like, how many times, how many, is it good times out of good times or good times out of bad times? Uh, what am I even saying? I don't, okay, scratch that. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Aladdin had a trailer that dropped. The new live action Aladdin and I'm just like, meh. I should be super stoked for this. I love all those 90s 2D movies that Disney made. Uh, Little Mermaid actually is an 89 film, but you get what I mean. Little Mermaid, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, all those. I love those movies to death. And, you know, I grew up with them. Literally, that was like my childhood. Seeing this Aladdin film, I get teared, I get teared up every time I hear A Whole New World. It's just me. That's how I am. That that song is su- is just beautiful it's touching you know the moment in the cartoon film that they made the original aladdin is really thoughtful you know makes makes you feel things makes you feel emotions so i always get a little choked up when i hear it and i heard that in the new trailer that they posted and i got a little choked up but that's mostly nostalgia making me choke up not really the actual trailer you know the new trailer they have will smith in there he's the new genie he raps um never had a friend like me you can really tell in the trailer that it's going to be like will smith rapping that so i'm just like yeah I, I don't i'm not into this i wish i was i think the movie looks okay we're gonna see it you know i i gotta see it i i'm curious hopefully it surprises me but these trailers lead me to believe if it kind of feels like a sci-fi movie like a sci-fi channel movie not just a sci-fi movie a sci-fi channel movie like that quality or like a disney channel movie you know it doesn't feel like big and bombastic and just you know captivating like aladdin was aladdin was this big movie like i know that it has its down moments in it but there are crazy big scenes like the end when jafar gets gigantic or a genie is gigantic picking up different parts of Agrabah, you know, and throwing them around, freaking Jafar turning into this giant snake, and he's just, like, choking, you know, choking Aladdin, and you're like, oh my god, there are stakes in that movie, I'm sure there'll be stakes in the uh, live-action one, but seeing it now, it just looks very cheesy, and I don't know, it's, it, it does, it's not, it's not grabbing me right now, so there's that trailer, give it a look if you haven't seen it already, let me know what you think about it. I'm just not super thrilled with it, which I should be, you know, because I love Aladdin. It's one of my favorite films ever, and uh, this is just not doing much for me. I don't know if I need live-action versions of these films, but, you know, they're going to keep pumping them out. I'm going to go keep seeing them because I have that curiosity. I just got to know, you know, the Dumbo one's coming out. I don't I don't even have too much fondness for the original Dumbo. I think it's a, de- it's a good movie. You know, it's one of the best movies ever next to like you know it's classic disney it's it's a good movie it's a dark ass movie they turn little boys into donkeys in that movie but hey i'm gonna go see the tim burton one you know just because i'm curious <laughs> so yeah and i disney knows that too it's just like oh we'll put a famous name on it and we'll do the same story again or we'll remix the story live action they're gonna go see it you know just call it dumbo call it aladdin call it lion king uh they actually put out another lion king trailer too but i still feel the same way it looks beautiful but it I don't know. Do they really need to do it again? Hmm. Who knows? Whatever. But let's move on. (laughs) Uh, There's a really cool thing that happened on another Disney property. They have that rebooted DuckTales series, and there's a scene, or actually an episode, where they use the moon theme from the NES game. Like, as the backdrop for most of the episode, that theme is kind of playing throughout, and then at the very end, 
they give lyrics to the moon theme for the first time ever. And that now that moon theme is canon in the actual DuckTales show. I was like, dude, this is so genius. It's so awesome. Whoever's making that show knows that people who are watching it now have the nostalgia f- for it, right? And that's just, it was a really cool moment. And it, I was just like, wow, this is so cool. And I'm glad they did it. It was like one of the coolest things ever. That show is such a gift. Check out the new remade DuckTales. I actually think it's better than the original DuckTales show. Don't tell anybody, but I think that the new DuckTales is better than the OG show. I think it just has better character development, and I think it has better animation. Don't tell anybody, but I think it has better animation. And I think it has, you know, more thought-out storylines that continue and carry through. And, um, yeah, I just like it a lot. And that was such a cool thing that they did. And, uh, yeah, so a couple – this is all Disney stuff, I just realized. But the Goofy movies are coming out on Blu-ray. And a lot of people don't know about it, but there is a sequel to Goofy movie called an extremely goofy movie which was direct to vhs which i used to watch so many times bradley uppercross the third oh come on if you guys know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about anyway (laughs) i used to watch that movie so many times like i watched that movie so like millions of times it was probably my most played vhs as a kid up there with el dorado freaking space jam like you you can see when I grew up, right? Like you can tell how old I am just from my mentions right now. But um, they're coming to Blu-ray finally. I've been waiting for a goof troop, a goof troop, goofy movie. Goof troop would be cool too. But the goofy movie and extremely goofy movie to come out. It's going to be part of the Disney Rewards program, which I think is kind of BS. Like I'd rather just go to my Target or Best Buy and buy it. But I will sign up for their stupid rewards program to get goofy movie on an HD format. It has never been on an HD, HD format. It's only been on DVD. So the only masters of this movie that's been out so far are 480p. So this is going to be really cool. It's going to be the first time we ever see it in like a 1080p format. So one of the best Disney movies, I would say the best Disney movie to me personally. Personally, it's my favorite, you know. There are really good movies. They're all unparalleled, but this movie just makes me happy. Like this is one of my favorite movies ever. I would say Goofy movie might be my favorite movie ever. Just from the standpoint of me, if I pop this in, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have the nostalgic feels. And I love the movie to death. The musical numbers are awesome. And I can't wait to open it on Blu-ray. I'm super excited to get it. Like I was like, oh my god, it's finally happening. Yes! And speaking of seeing things in 1080p formats, (laughs) the last thing on the Media Corner this week, Disney+. Plus which is their streaming service is going to have all of the Disney feature films ever on it. Like anything that was in the vault. So we got Bambi, Snow White, you know, Aladdin, Lion King, all of them are going to be available for this subscription fee. You know, you buy the subscription, you can watch any Disney movie. And I'm just like, dude, that, that blows me away. I'm super excited to actually check that out. And I'm probably going to get Disney plus just to go watch bunch of old disney stuff see what they have and they have new stuff coming out too like they have disney shows they have a low-key show coming out they have an animated show called what if which is from a comic book series where they take different marvel storylines and they kind of remix it and they try different like you know universes and stuff and it's gonna be animated and that that sounds awesome i gotta check that out when that comes out and uh it's actually being run by marvel studios and kevin feige too so it's kind of 
going to take stuff from the MCU and animate it, do like what if scenarios. Oh, it's going to be so good. Disney Plus is actually exciting. I think I'm going to try it. I'm definitely going to try it out for a while. Hopefully they have like a free trial for a month and I'll just watch a bunch of shit on there and then like cancel it, you know, because I'm a scumbag like that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this streaming service and I never really heard myself say that but yeah i'm excited for it so that's the media corner for this week and uh let's uh, go to the lobby or the next section <laughs> that was bad it's the news of interest News that I care about from the week that has just passed and hopefully I can share it with y'all and you can share my excitement for the news that is interesting. I ran out of breath there, if you didn't realize. <laughs> uh, so there's only a couple of little things here and we'll wrap up for the week. We have the Halo Master Chief Collection is adding Reach, which is not even the biggest story. They didn't have Reach, they had every other game, including ODST, 1, 2, 3, and 4. They're adding Reach now on xbox and they are coming to pc this is huge news for pc people so people who play on consoles this might not seem like anything like ah, oh, i thought halo was already on pc what what no it never has been the only time it had been on pc was way back early 2000s they had halo halo 2 and they were both i think halo 1 i think they both were come out came out from uh games from windows live i think both of those were that but that's the last time we've seen them you know they didn't have all this you know nuts and bolts that a pc game usually would have too and so there's a bunch of halo games that never came out on pc and now they're coming out and they're going to start with reach on pc and then slowly release every single title you know for the entire collection is until it's complete and that's fascinating to me i'm just like hell, hell yeah you know uh people who play pc there's a lot more choice that you have. You can uh, adjust your field of view. They're going to add that, which is helpful for like multiplayer scenarios. And then you got mouse look, which you can adjust your DPI on your mouse, make you go different speeds, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, people who play PC games don't always have an Xbox. This is going to just make it available to more people. And having the game play smoothly with a mouse and keyboard, multiplayer. Like, if you think it from a multiplayer aspect, even a campaign aspect, but mostly for multiplayer, it's going to make the competitive field on PC just crazy. It's going to be fun to just jump in and play some Halo on PC. I'm actually excited to give it a go up. Uh, hopefully, it's available with Game Pass. Game Pass, like, you get Game Pass, and then you get it for everything. But, yeah, that's, that's huge news for people who are PC gamers only. Because Halo is one of the biggest franchises ever, you know? And PC gamers are really particular... Like, a lot of people who are, like, hardcore PC people, they don't play much much console games, so they'll have the opportunity to play this, and that's just awesome. I, I'm, I'm super excited because I have a decent rig here. It's not the best rig. This rig's, like, five years old, and the graphics card was a little old when I even put it in there, but it'll probably play Halo. Um, there was a mod recently. I forget the name of it, but I tried it out, and it was Halo on PC. It was, like, a mod of Halo 3. It was a ton of fun. And playing first-in-person shooters with mouse and keyboard... Once you get used to it, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. The aiming is just so precise. Uh, I used to play a lot of Tribes Ascend. I loved the hell out of that game, right? And it's all about precision and hit-scan weapons. And Halo is kind of all about hit-scan weapons. So, uh, And when I say hit-scan, it's kind of like you have to 
lead the shot a little bit. So like use a sniper in Halo, it's not like an instant headshot when you shoot the head. You have to lead forward as the guys are running towards the shot, right? That's a you shoot it and then you you hit it by scanning him, like scanning his directional pattern. That's what his scan means. I went into a PC terminolo- terminology uh, definition there, but yeah. I'm excited for Halo Master Chief Collection to come to PC. It's going to be an awesome thing for people who are into the PC platform. Super stoked for that news. And uh, only one more news topic, and then we'll wrap up for the week. This is actually getting up to the hour mark, surprisingly. Um, Gearbox is teasing huge announcements at PAX, and it's obviously Borderlands 3. They're not really hiding it at this point. They had a screenshot that was pixelated that was obviously the color palette and style of Borderlands 3, and then they had like this road sign that said Exit 3 at the top, March 28th, and I'm just like, yes, give it to me now. (laughs) I love Borderlands. If you guys don't know, it's one of my favorite shooters, and uh, it's really cool. It's like a loot shooter, just like some of these that have come out now. And it does beg the question, is this going to be more of the same Borderlands? Or are they going to try to bring it to these more sensibilities like a Destiny style shooter, loot shooter, whatever, where you have like a persistent server and it's online and you grind for loot. And I, I kind of hope it doesn't go that route. I kind of hope it sticks with Borderlands and just expands that formula out four player co-op and stuff. We don't really need this huge massively multiplayer thing, I don't think so. I'm super excited to see what they're bringing to the table. Borderlands 3 is the OG shoot loot game, I guess you would say. And it's one of my favorite games ever, like the series. It's just so fun. It's at least one of my favorite first. I always say these are my favorite games. I just love stuff. You know, I'm like, this is my favorite, and that's my favorite, and that's my favorite. I just, <laughs> I, once I get into something hardcore, I just like, I'm like all about it, right? That's just how I am. That's my personality. So when I see a new Borderlands, I'm like, dude, I'm all in that. Um, even if it, dis- I hope it doesn't disappoint me, but I'm buying it day one and then hoping it's as good as the others, and it lives up to my expectations of. How much fun I had with the other two in the series. So yeah, that's going to be cool to see what they actually bring to the table when they announce that uh, in a couple weeks here. And I'll be here talking about it. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to the show this week. I had such a good time putting it together. I always have a fantastic time putting this show together. And I had I tweeted a little bit like last week like man i wish i get more comments about my podcast i was feeling kind of down on myself and then people actually came along and said hey i listened and i really appreciate that guys it really makes me feel a lot better to know that i'm not just talking to myself here and i got some people that are on my side and i really love that so if you want to interact with the show go to the cartridge cup forums because i'm over there daily checking out different comments and topics and all sorts of stuff i have my own forum thread there it's cartridgeclub.org forum click on frantic thoughts you click on this episode we can have a conversation what do you consider to be retro you can talk about borderlands a goofy movie captain marvel whatever we can have conversation i love that um if i get some really cool comments i will read them in a community section which i just haven't done in a while but i will i'll do that next episode if people leave some comments there so if you want to hear your name read if you want to get featured in an episode of this gloriously spectacular popular podcast <laughs> leave a comment and i'll read your name we'll have a talk 
I'll respond in the forums, and I'll respond on here to tape for you guys. Um, also, I got some cool stuff in the works with some cool people. Not gonna tell you what it is though. It's just a little teaser. You'll probably know what it is pretty damn soon within the next few weeks. But I am so excited for it, and whew, it's gonna be a good time, guys. So. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm glad to be here. I love it. And, you know, I was also thinking, maybe we'll do a trade paper cast soon. I was talking to Sierra about that, along with the secret project. So if you guys want more comic podcast, maybe tweet at Sierra at SpectreSpark and tell her, hey, let's, Josh, record a podcast with Josh because I miss it. <laughs> I'm, I personally miss it. I want to do more podcasts about comics because I've been reading some. So yeah. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Frantic Society. It's Frantic S O C I E T Y. And this intro, intro, this outro is super long. So we're gonna wrap it up for today. Stay tuned for the super secret project, the super duper secret project that you guys definitely are gonna have a good time with because I'm so stoked for it. That's all I've been thinking about the last few days. I'm so excited to do this thing. It's gonna be so good. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to leave you hanging just like that. Just like that. (laughs) Have a great week, guys. And I'll see you next week. Love you. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do. Who leaves Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under wraps? We do. back the electric car who makes the Gutenberg a star we do we do who robs kingfish of their sight who rigged every Oscar night we do